I am also an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three years of consecutive, consistent sobriety. I'm sober as a church mouse. Squeak. You know, you ever see a church mouse? They don't drink. Sober as a church mouse. Coffee. Anyway, um, you know, at the top of a new year, one thing I've always noticed now that I'm sober, one thing I've been noticing lately um, in my sober life is whenever the new calendar rolls out, there's all these cockamamie schemes on how to get sober in a um, trendy way. You know, uh, people are looking to have their cake and eat it too. It's like a fad diet, you know, you know, lose the weight with none of the work, you know, all that backwards bonehead logic. It seems to get applied to sobriety lately as well. Now, I have an open mind. I like to believe at least I strive for one. I strive to have an open mind. And there are many ways of recovery, but, you know, I come from a 12-step background. Um, and that's 12, step of 12 steps of recovery, generally speaking. Um, these are meetings you can attend all over the world. Uh, that's how far the program reaches. There's no dues, no fees, no emphasis on God or religion. It's strictly... Um, Sort of like group therapy. You meet up at these meetings by your own schedule. Um, you practice these various steps of recovery. And, you know, you get to share on the issues pertaining to you and your alcoholism. And you get to hear from others. You get to hear what they have to say. And through that, you become a part of a community. You come out of your isolation because alcoholism is very isolating, self-centered, antisocial behavior. And day by day, your days add up. One day, you'll find yourself in a new life. And 12-step recovery. Um, the first step in a 12-step program being, one, we've admitted that we are powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. That's the first step in 12-step recovery. We admitted we are powerless over alcohol and that our lives have become unmanageable. Then you wave your finger like I've been doing. And through that, it's like an admission to yourself that you have a problem, your life is unmanageable, alcohol you are powerless against, and that's some real honesty and insight and accountability. And it sets the tone for the rest of the 11 steps. You know, it, it really sets a tone of accountability. So that's what I find lacking, lacking. That's what I find lacking in all these mamby-pamby, Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose, Cat in the Hat, fake-ass fucking little get-sober-quick schemes. These cockamimi little fucking um, concoctions that these dummies drum up every fucking beginning of the calendar year. Every January, you can be sober with no effort. You're not an alcoholic. Read my book. Buy my program or whatever, right? Check this out.
This is an article from the Now magazine, January 23rd to the, uh, January 23rd to 29, 29th, 2020. This is an article. How to Go Cali Sober by Kieran Delmont. Delamont. With the holidays in the rear view mirror, many of us are taking stock. We look back at our alcohol consumption, look at our wallet, and maybe our waistline. Oh, isn't that cute? Is that what you look at when you consider your alcoholism, your waistline? What about the mental delusions, waking up in hospital, anxiety attacks, paranoid episodes, no family, friends, no money, you know, on death's doorstep? Is that what you look at when you consider your alcoholism? My waistline. You fucking vain, vapid, fucking vagabond. Anyway, check this. Many of us are taking stock. We look back at our alcohol consumption, look at our wallet, and maybe our waistline, <laughs> and tell ourselves, no more drinking. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to work. It's a ritual for many. This year, it's become part of a marketing strategy for cannabis companies. It's called Dry January. And with a range of new pot products going, to, going on sale to mark legalization 2.0, the idea is to swap in weed for booze. That's the idea, to swap in weed for booze. Switch one delusion for another delusion. They're interchangeable. Going Cali sober, the term for smoking weed but abstaining from alcohol, sounds cute, may be nice in theory, but with all the restrictions on public pot consumption in North America, it's harder to put in practice when you want to go out on the town. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. No, there's hope for you if you still want to be drugged up in public. All right. And then um, at this point, the article goes into um, different ways in which to integrate a pot smoking lifestyle into your socialization right you know some people go to bars right you know going out for bars drinks with co-workers whatever the rest of the article goes into ways in which you can be in those scenarios as a pot smoker so for example figure out your portable smoke solution if you want to replace alcohol with weed the obvious first step is to figure out how you're going to smoke weed in the kind of social situations where people most often drink, smokers are left with few options but to go outside. Um, something to keep you moving. In this little blurb, they talk about different strands of marijuana. Um, sativas, indicas, and what these different strands of marijuana kind of do for you, right? Um, pick your replacement drink. Eventually, you're going to need to put a drink in your hand. I guess. There's always a glass of water, but if you're really trying to drop alcohol, you might need a better option. What? <sighs> Anyways, you know. Water's not good enough. <sighs> you need to drink fucking, I don't know, Dr. Pepper. 
That'll help you cure your alcoholism. And all these cockamamie little fucking drummed up excuses. Embrace the change. Yeah, hug your addiction. Embrace the change. The hardest part of dropping booze for pot is getting out of your own way. Gee, really? The hardest part of dropping booze for pot is getting out of your own way. That's such a contradiction. You're not trying to get out of your own way. You're trying to find your way. You're trying to find yourself. You're not trying to avoid yourself. You're trying to get accountability for yourself. But hey, if you want to be a diluted fucking pot-smoking vagabond, um, the hardest part of dropping booze for pot is getting out of your own way. Embrace the change in your routine. And finally, share the bud. The final tip, recruit some allies. Yeah, get other people hooked on drugs. The final tip, recruit some allies. In most groups, you'll, f you'll be able to find at least one or two people who are happy to smoke up with you. Yeah, so find other people to smoke up with you. And, um, you know... I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. I give a bit of, I give a bit of a razzing to that article, but it's like, um, this is my opinion. It's um, by no means a end all and be all in terms of recovery, but you know, you got to. At least it's important for me to remember that I'm an alcoholic. I suffer from a two part condition. Number one, when I take a drink of alcohol, I have an allergic reaction, my body breaks out into a craving, and I can't safely say when I'll stop. So that's the first part. And the second part, the mental obsession. When you're an alcoholic, you mentally obsess. It's all you think about day and night. Do you have enough money to drink? When can you drink next? How much have you drank? Um, will you drink more? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. All you think about is drinking. So that's the two-part condition. Number one, the allergic reaction slash craving. And number two, the mental obsession. And what all of this article falls under is mental obsession. People that don't have drinking problems don't obsess about different ways in which to cure a non-existent problem. If you can... Have a drink of alcohol, put it down, not think about it, and then maybe have one later if you should want one. Or you, you, you have boundaries. You, have, you drink non-alcoholically. To drink non-alcoholically is like it doesn't interfere with your life. It doesn't interfere with your thoughts. And all of this is interfering with your life and thoughts, calculating and managing. Um, you know, maybe if I hold a Dr. Pepper and take a sip, ooh, that'll cure my alcoholism. Or maybe if I figure a way to smoke pot um, indoors with my coworkers um, at the bar, if I can figure out a way to smoke weed socially acceptably, then I can cure my alcoholism. I can be Cali sober. It's a fool's game. It's a fool's game. If you have serious alcoholism, in my opinion, and again, that's all this is, my opinion, you need real solutions. And whether that, whether that be a 12-step program, 
whether that be under the tutelage of Dr. Phil. You know what your problem is, buddy? You got a bad fucking attitude problem. You got no accountability, no respect. You know, you overindulge. You're a fucking delinquent. You're a vagabond. Your life's in turmoil. You know, if you want to, like, fall under the tutelage of Dr. Phil, I highly recommend that as well. He's got a lot of um, insight. Whatever floats your boat. You want to join a Hare Krishna cult? Start clanging and banging beads? Well, don't do that. But, like, basically, whatever floats your boat in recovery, whatever gets you across the finish line, go for it. But realize you can't have your cake and eat it, too, in my opinion. You can't. And, you know, you're just setting yourself up for failure to switch one addiction to another. Because when you suffer from a substance abuse problem, life in general is a gateway drug you know just the existence of a daily life can be enough to trigger somebody to relapse into their alcoholism so what do you think taking bong hits at the bar with your buddies and sipping on a dr pepper is going to do for you it's going to bring you even closer to hell you know so anyways it's food for thought it's strictly my opinion and you know I guess what I would like anyone listening to take away from this is keep an open mind and also keep very aware of the cunning, baffling, powerful nature of alcoholism and in a general sense, addiction. <laughs>